0: You are now listening to Enter VR, the podcast where we talk about all things virtual reality. I am Chris Miranda, your host, and on today's show, I have a uh, Jesse. Um, Jesse, I didn't ask you your last name. I am extremely <laughs> rude for that. I'm so sorry. Jodry is my last Jessie name. Jesse Jodry, you are the uh, creator of No Drift and uh, VR Chat. Am I missing anything else? Uh, so I'm a partner in VR
1: Chat. Uh cool. Graham Gaylor was the original inventor, and uh, I came on to help him out a, a little while ago. And since that point, we've we've partnered up.
0: Awesome. So shout out to Graham out there. Uh, thank you for uh, you know getting a VR Chat going. Uh, so 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 Jesse, let's talk about uh, Snowdrift and VR Chat. How's that coming along so far? And uh, awesome. by the way, what uh, are they? <laughs> I've,
1: I've released uh, Snowdrift on Oculus Share recently, and. Yeah. Uh, and uh bruce did some great coverage for me somatic bruce and uh yeah it's the the ratings are up really high and i'm really enjoying having it out there but uh definitely vr chat has been my my main occupation for the last quite a while it's it's got so much promise i mean there's so much of the community talking about it and and uh it's just a lot of fun social vr is just incredible
0: I uh, 100% agree. So for those who might not know, what is Snowdrift, and, and what is VRChat? How do you mm-hmm. describe that?
1: Uh, Snowdrift is a virtual reality skiing game. So uh, I built a mountain, and then I laid out a ski course on it, and uh, and you ski the mountain, and you, you, there's a time race. And uh, it's uh, it's an extreme sport, and so I had to actually back away from the intensity of the extreme sport and make it a little bit more palatable for people to uh, to not get motion sick on it. But uh, but it's it's still a lot of fun and then you can jump off of mountains and stuff like that.
0: Are you going to continue further development in Snowdrift? I know you have your chat next, but just just to follow up really quick.
1: Yeah, um, I, I plan on doing a little bit and kind of keeping it um, keeping it up to date, but not really it's not gonna be my focus. I see. It was. It started as a VR jam game back last August, and uh, it's. I mean, like I say, an extreme sport has some challenges in VR. Like, automatically, there's a portion of the population who just won't be able to handle it, and so that's a that's a hard thing to overcome. Mm. Now, I, I did make a, a normal mode and an intense mode, so that people could be better off with that. But I don't. I don't necessarily think that. That uh an extreme sport is going to be the million seller in virtual reality
0: mm-hmm. and that's where VR chat comes in,
1: yes, which is basically the opposite it's very easy to easy to be in and uh, it's a it's a chat program you you hop in with a with an avatar and you meet up with other people and you talk about really whatever you want to talk about uh, and we don't we don't constrain the experience you know we let you let you be who you want to be and
0: hang out where you want to hang out and be with the people you want to be with I uh, yeah it's it, it's if the the idea is if, I mean flawless to me but what where, where is the vision for going forward where where do you guys want to see this uh, a year two years from now what is it going to look like
1: well we've uh, we're, we've got some people testing out the SDK right now which is which is great because it allows them to build all their own avatars with custom appearance and their own animations and even their own animation sets. So I I saw, I saw the first avatar dance today, which, which was awesome. Uh, One of the community members, uh, Dark Akuma made an avatar that dances with the, with the tools we gave him in a room that he built all by himself as well. Um, And so I can see like that kind of customization is definitely something that we want to, to focus on because it's, it's about being yourself and expressing yourself. You know, and and sharing it with other people. So that that is our focus. We uh, we don't really want to focus on shows other like Rift Max does an awesome job with with, um, with the shows that they put on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's uh, a great thing for them to do. Our, our focus is a little different than that. We just want people to get together and
0: hang out and talk. Nice. What is it about VR chat's UI uh, that the user interface that makes it uh, um, how do you say uh, VR like uh, VR enabled?
1: Well, it's interesting that VR is social VR in particular is the best kind of VR. So, uh, like, I'm not going to talk about our buttons and our our text as far as user interface, but just mm-hmm. being a user in the, in the space and looking around and seeing other people in there to share your experience with, I mean, all the, all the applications that have good multiplayer with avatars and head tracking have, have hit upon this one, this one truth that, um, their presence, the presence of another person builds your presence by which I mean, like you, you experience virtual reality presence because the the other people in the room with you
0: are real. It makes the entire experience real. Is VR chat like? Can can VR chat be also uh, tra- transported? Yeah, that's a horrible way of saying it. But like, <laughs> in, uh, in tra- uh, Ported over to Android. So, for example, if I wanted to play with my Game Face, if I want to play with my His Dive. Uh,
1: so we actually made a
0: build for the for Ed Mason of Game Face, and
1: he was showing it off a bit at SVVR. So yeah, he. We, we built him a custom Game Face version of it, and uh, he showed up at one of our meetups as well, and he talked about Game Face and uh, what it was like to be walking around his house while he was at the VR meetup, because Game Face, as we know, is un- untethered. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, I'd love to support uh, lots of technologies. Um, that's one of the great things about going to SVVR, is I got to meet a bunch of people who are making different Types of vR input and output devices and and uh we'll see if we can get some support for some of them soon
0: yeah, that would be extremely exciting i I mean do you have a wish list of of features or things that you want to have uh, implemented in VR chat in the in the near future or
1: well uh, definitely I mean it's been on um, this is one of the first VR projects I've done actually that doesn't have Hydra support yet. So, I mean, getting that in has been pretty high on my list for a long time. But when it came to the SDK or Hydra, we definitely prioritized the SDK. But getting getting the Hydra in with the hands is, is really important. Not, not necessarily so you can um, build kind of game mechanics around them, but just so you can talk with your hands while you're speaking. Uh, being able to emote... Um, you know, uh, point at things or indicate directions or indicate people or or put your hand up when you, you when you want to say something or stuff like that. So definitely that that's one of them.
0: I y- oh go ahead sorry.
1: Uh, no, you go ahead.
0: Uh, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, I'm uh, VR chat. I I think. Um, You know, when I, when my first time in VR chat was at uh, last Sunday, Uh, we had a meetup and it was, it was amazing. We were inside the SVVR Matterport build and everyone was there and it was, it was, it was really cool. But for a little bit, I, you know, I, I sort of had to, you know, step out my, of my VR bubble and think to myself, okay, Chris, if I were a regular person off the street, you know, what this, what does VR chat give me? That I wouldn't get otherwise if I just went to a regular meetup, and, and and all right, and so I was thinking for a couple seconds, and then I looked to my right, and there was a piece of fruit literally talking <laughs> next to me, and I yeah. was like, yeah, this is it. This is like this 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 sort of, you know, being able to throw yourself inside of a and lose yourself inside of a place where anything can happen, and you can talk to anyone. Uh, it's just it's just you know, there's there's no, there's no comparison in real life. So. So you have that going for you, for sure. I'm excited for that.
1: Gunter, um, who organizes the VR chat meetup on Sundays, um, who also goes by the name of Gunter S. Thompson, I had uh, an avatar built for him and showed up that week, and his avatar looked very similar to the author Hunter S. Thompson, which is which his name was obviously based on. And so, yeah, you you, you put forth whatever kind of appearance you want. But there's one other thing that the, the VR meetup gives you over another meetup is that half the people in that room weren't even in North America. Wow. Right. There's a, there's a lot of Europeans and Australians and, and stuff like that. Um, in fact, there's so many Europeans that they now have their own meetup on Monday at, at uh, noon Pacific, which is 7 p.m. Uh, GMT. So it's uh, something a little bit friendlier for them now.
0: Nice. Very nice yeah i i i figured it was just a matter of time before the influx of different regions would start getting their own uh you know time slot for to meet mm-hmm. up right uh, yeah, and so and so you know for you what's your background like where where did you come from to, into virtual reality
1: well i uh i have a degree in electrical engineering and i worked 5 years at electronic arts and then after 5 years there in 2004 me and a friend of mine started our own video game studio called Acronym Games and we did a we did a couple of projects uh, one of the the best project we ever did although it was rushed and you know it doesn't show off necessarily the best work we did but uh, was a, a game called Wipeout. Not the hover racing game, but the, a game based on the television show, <laughs> ob- Obstacle Course, where people fall down.
0: I remember that show. Uh,
1: so we did the first version of that for the Wii, and that sold a couple million units. And uh, we grew our studio from the two of us in his apartment to a peak of 42. And then I left that studio uh, a little over a year ago now, and, uh, and have been kind of... Doing research and figuring out what my next venture would be, and virtual reality is it. I've been uh, hardcore doing this for almost a year now.
0: What is it about VR that attracted you?
1: Well, VR is fun. I mean, it's 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 a new experience. It's it's. Uh, I I mean, it, this is what they. What was it uh, John Carmack said? Virtual reality is a virus that spreads on contact, right? You don't. It's hard to describe what people feel when they put the headset on, but once they've put it on and they've experienced it, they're different after they have,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, it's it's just so immersive. It's a new world, and I've been making video games for 15 years, but but uh, I can't since I, since I put my rift on for the first time I've almost lost interest in playing video games on an, on a monitor or on a television. You know it's just it doesn't have the same draw that it used to. It's virtual reality just adds so much.
0: I agree i I, I tend to tell people that I've, I, ever since the rift came along, I see the world through VR colored glasses like any you know any movie that I'll watch I'll be like, man this would be kick-ass if it was surrounded all over you know if i was inside of the movie or Mm -hmm. i'll look at a business or something i'll be like man that that job is going to go away in the future (laughs) so so uh, yeah it's it's an interesting thing like i I, i'm totally with you on it can you tell me a little bit more about like what was it like working for electronic arts in the games industry
1: yeah sure i uh, i did um I was there for five years and the first three I was on the NHL hockey game. Um, And that was, uh, EA gets a lot of bad press and stuff like that, but as a young guy going in there and trying to figure out how to make video games, they taught me a lot in a short amount of time. I mean, it was a great place for me to learn, learn the the trade, learn how to ship a game and get it out the door. and then after three years on, on NHL, I moved to their common technology team because I, I knew that starting a video game studio was something I wanted to do and, and there was still more that I had to learn. And so the common technology place was a great, the team was a great place to, to go through that learning. So I went there and I worked on their uh, common rendering engines and learned some of what to do and some of what not to do. Hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and then uh, left there in 2004.
0: Uh, is there is there a lesson that, that you or a couple a set of lessons or advice that you took away from from ea or, or working in that sector that you still carry to this day
1: there are a great many lessons uh, so many that i uh, they've just become part of who i am in a lot of ways um but also i mean uh, when when someone is young and a bachelor like I was, you know, there, there are opportunities there to, to have a, at EA and at lots of other places to, to really perform. And sometimes that, sometimes that's the overtime, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's working smart. Um, But there are lots of opportunities when you're young to, to really give your career a kickstart. And that's one of the things I tell people don't you know, EA is not EA is not that evil.
0: It's not that evil. Okay. No. No. Uh, all right. Well, there's
1: a, there's a lot to be gained from working there. They they ask a lot, but they give a lot.
0: Okay. All right. So you don't re- at all uh you know you don't regret at all like you know your your experience there, I guess.
1: No, no, not at all. That's cool. Like like I say I learned so much and uh, you know I would if things go that way and then I don't I don't really see it that way right now but I would consider working there again. I'd be at a different phase in my career, mm-hmm. right? And I wouldn't I wouldn't be coming in green trying to prove myself, but uh, no, I don't hold any ill will against EA. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, I, I the internet and me being part of it. I I do hold a little bit of like a uh, knee jerk like sort of reaction when when I hear about EA. Yeah, I did a little bit of research on them a bit ago and yeah, it uh, some of the stuff they 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 pulled off with the lawsuits and stuff that was uh, kind of nasty, but I mean you know there's,
1: there's some big company stuff at play there. They are, I mean, yeah, when you go there, you have to know that they are big,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right, and that they follow uh, generally standard standard accepted practices for a corporation of their size.
0: How do you think uh, a, a a big company like them is reacting to virtual reality right now?
1: Um, Well, I know Electronic Arts has joined the uh, Interactive Technology Alliance, or Immersive Technology Alliance, Mm -hmm. Um, so they're keeping an eye on it. Um, I don't know necessarily, I don't have any knowledge one way or another of them having projects in virtual reality, but my guess is that they don't. Um, Companies such as EA and Activision and stuff like that usually take a, a little bit more time to see um, whether something is going to succeed or not, because they don't want to go to their shareholders in a year and say, oh, that, that we've, we gambled heavy and it didn't work out. They'd rather somebody else take the gamble and, uh, and follow on after that.
0: How long do you think it'll take before they jump in the game?
1: Um, well, I think that, that some company came out and said that they wouldn't be supporting the Rift until there were a million of them out there, and I don't think that's a terrible... Yeah, I don't think that number is very far off base. I think it will be when there's a million VR headsets out there, people will support them more. Now, there is one possible exception to that, actually, that that applies to large um, game developers such as EA and Activision. That's if Sony with Project Morpheus comes to them and says, you know, um, you need to do this and we'll give you a really sweet deal if you do. Uh, then then we could see some VR projects specifically for uh, Sony Morpheus
0: speaking of Sony Morpheus are you uh, th- are you interested in working with Sony Morpheus for VR chat
1: yeah, I would absolutely consider working with uh, Sony Morpheus on VR chat I, I haven't specifically approached them about doing uh, a cross-platform version of it yet but uh, but I would absolutely consider it i mean i'd like to i'd like to see vr chat go wide you know mm-hmm. be on everything um, I, don't, I just have the, the get the most possible people into it that you can think of
0: i uh, and correct me if i'm wrong on this one but i uh, but vr chat seems uh, poised to be a a very powerful tool in the arsenal of a of a, of a larger all encompassing app And uh, by that, I mean, if like if one day Microsoft, again, the parallel universe, uh, we're in the rabbit hole. My one day Microsoft releases a Windows platform and they were like, they like, all right, we need a Skype for this thing. Uh, You are it. Uh, So in that sense, are are you poised or are you interested? Have you thought of the idea of getting acquired by a, a bigger guy?
1: I've thought of a, of, of a number of different outcomes to that scenario. I don't know. I don't know how that would go. I will tell you the one that I'm more concerned about, though, which is the same, the same situation you propose—that like Microsoft wants wants Skype. Um, right now, my concentration is that we have to get we have to get big enough that Microsoft doesn't feel like they just want to write their
0: own. Right. Whether whether they, I, I'm not even talking about acquisition. I mean, like
1: if Microsoft came in and said, "We're now going to write VR chat," that would terrify me. Hmm. I, I think I'd I think I'd find myself. Um,
0: I think we'd we'd uh, have a hard time competing with that kind of resource. Yeah, I, I. Thanks for being so open about that. Because I mean, at that point, again, in, in a parallel universe where that ha- were it to happen, what? How do you think you would react? What what sorts of strategies do you think you put in place?
1: Well, one would be I'd uh, I'd try to put the VR chat on every possible platform, mm-hmm. much like I said a minute ago. Um, because then anyone who's concentrating on a specific platform. Uh, wouldn't necessarily be able to draw from the same pool of users that I would hmm.
0: uh,
1: that's basically as far as I got
0: yeah how how big in your mind how big is is big enough uh, for the software to be you know at that point where you, you you know a big guy will say you know what let's not even build it like it's not even worth it you know what's your is there do you have a way to quantify that through words <laughs> what how big is big enough
1: no. I don't, um, but it needs, it, I mean, it's gotta be measured in a percentage of the user base. I figure, <laughs> um, I think like VR chat in some ways is going to benefit from things that benefit social networks. Like the more people in it, the more value it's going to have. Right. Um, and that's, mm. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Can you repeat the question?
0: Yeah, uh, so uh, uh, at what point do you think big enough is is you know right. is big enough? I guess.
1: So I think that the 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 size of the application doesn't matter so much. It is definitely the user base, and uh, it's going to be, um, be because of the the its kind of social element. Um, it's it's I figure it's got to be written, registered, or measured. Sorry, in the percentage of the audience. Um, and if we can get if we can nail down a lot of the people who use virtual reality, then it would be um, easier to use VR chat than it would be to replace it.
0: Sorry for uh, asking you so many random business like questions, but I, I'd like to get uh-huh. your your point your your input on uh, on what do, what do you what is the ideal way to monetize off of this off of this software?
1: Well, that is a great question. Um, I I think that, I think that you've, we've got to use similar techniques to social networks. I think this product has to be free, Mm -hmm. right? I don't think that putting a pay barrier in front of using it would, would uh, be the way to grow an audience. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I haven't really thought too much about how to monetize it, but the, The standard ways in games uh, and in social networks these days seem to be um, ads, obviously, uh, and um, customization, Mm -hmm. like uh, player skins or something like that. Now, right now, obviously, that wouldn't work because we have a completely free animation skin, uh, player skin system, and I really believe in that system. So that might actually be a way for other people to monetize it, like some people who are making skins could could be charging for them charging the users
0: and you could take and, a uh, cut from that transaction maybe
1: that's a possibility yeah we could we could set up an avatar store hmm. and uh, and just uh, and distribute content from other users that 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 idea goes down as a uh, that goes into my into
0: my book. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. So, well, I, because yeah, it would it would sort of it sort of I sort of see it as like a sort of a win win situation there. Uh, yeah. So, yep. it, yeah, VR is a VR chat is an exciting, I think, element of of this whole VR community. This, you know, and, and so, like, ultimately, the what do you think the virtual reality industry will become in the la- in the next five to ten years?
1: I think that the the virtual reality industry is going to be uh, slow but steady growth, right? So I think it's going to take a few years for to get what we'd consider um, like a, like to catch up to the consoles or something like that, right? I think I don't think it's going to be six months after launch and uh, and everything's good. Uh, I think it, it's got it's got to grow slowly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, VRChat seems like an app that I think should get bundled with an Oculus Rift out of the box. You hear that, Facebook? Uh, because,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, my email address is jesse at com. Uh, yeah, drop yeah. me a line if you're interested. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, because I, I, uh, that's another thing that I think about, like, uh, in terms of a, a successful launch of the Oculus Rift, you know, this this device, this piece of hardware, you know, uh, the parallels that I draw with it are the Nintendo Wii. Like, when the Wii came out, people... I felt like it, it, Nintendo's approach at hand-holding people by l- giving away Wii Sports uh, as an experience of what you can do with the hardware was extremely successful. And so... In my mind, I feel like you know this. It would only make sense if Oculus gave away some free uh, software um, in order to 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 show off the Rift. Like this is what you can do that you can't do anywhere else, right? Um, because otherwise, it would be I th- I think it would be too much to ask from an average out of the off the street consumer. To decide, you know, which app is the best app to, or the which game is the best game for them, you know, right off the bat. Uh, Right. But I don't know. I mean, what what do you think will will make the rift successful, if at all? I mean, if at all, it will be successful. But like, what do you think? Well,
1: we do know that uh, Oculus is kind of backing some projects. Um, for example, they're publishing Eve Valkyrie, or Mm -hmm. co-publishing, I suppose, with Sony. Uh, but uh, they. they they know that they have a content issue that they that they need to have good content for people to to play on day one as well, and I'm sure they're they're working on that. Um,
0: yeah. But aside from content, I, I guess I mean the hardware will be there, right? Um, yes. Just yeah. yeah. So it's just content. What about? perception i mean you know you hear that uh, saying in the in, the, in, in business will it be like you know you're gonna have the best product in the world but if people perceive it as something less than what it is then you you'll lose how how right. do people how do we how do we as a community how does oculus drive home the message that virtual reality is not just for nerds it's not just for kids it's for mom and grandma and everyone like you know how do you how do you do that
1: Well, I I think they have to go through the early adopter model where they get the the first thing they get is the enthusiasts Mm. and, uh, and then, and then people, they try to make a, try to make some products that, that go wide, like, um, like have a wide variety of experiences. So I've got extreme sports covered and, and then there's VR chat and then there's couch nights and there's Eve Valkyrie and stuff like that. And there's a, a few of those titles that are pretty easy to pick up and play right that they're not going to alienate anyone and uh and the enthusiasts those of us who are in at this point and and the first round of adopters can put our family and friends into those ones and that's how they'll that's how they'll learn about
0: them yeah, I think yeah, it'll be it'll definitely seems it definitely seems like it's just going it's going to be a slow gradual process. Uh, mm-hmm. in my mind I'm trying to look for like the the silver bullet but it looks like there won't be. It'll just be a slow gradual eventual uh I thing.
1: think I think somebody's got to put it on to get it, right? Yeah. And that's that's the that's the challenge. Um I think having kiosks in stores would be a great step in that direction, but I don't know if that's in the cards. But, like, having something where, where people could try them out, you know, having evangelists and doing, maybe, like, continuing to show up at events and, you know, anywhere there's anything to do with technology.
0: I agree 100% uh, in terms of, like, and that idea of having them display it at, at stores, I mean, that's, uh, you know, it, it feels like common sense. Uh, but, I, but I wonder, like, in terms of, uh, you know, the... And this is something that I, I don't usually bring up, but I, I wonder, like, the hygienic uh, aspect mm-hmm. of having, you know, something chilling at Target for months and months and months and just thousands of people's faces have been stuck to it, sweaty or not. I, 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 yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hmm, is there perhaps, is Oculus working on something, some special foam or something, antibacterial foam? I don't know.
1: Uh, I think the one thing they could do there, the only way I think the only way it's going to end up in stores like that is for specific demonstration events like there could be um, what amounts to a a traveling sales team or or regional sales teams that would go to a place that would strap it on you, uh, kind of demo the experience, much like they do at trade shows, Mm -hmm. and then make sure the thing was clean when it was done, you know. because there would be that concern. I mean, the first time it gave twenty people in a row pink eye, it'd be
0: like, you know, all over the news. That'd be a problem getting, for them, sensationalized, yeah. getting sensationalized, becoming ammo for those who don't want it to become a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And like,
1: there's gonna be a lot of people who who aren't you aren't gonna want to try it and who are gonna hate it because of what it looks like and what it represents. You know, so it's gonna gonna have to fight over get over that.
0: Do you think it's gonna become a scapegoat for bad things that will happen, and it has uh, nothing I, to do with it?
1: Every medium does. I don't. I don't see why this one would be exempt. Mm. I mean, the, the good news if, if for video game players is usually the last medium that was gonna corrupt all our children and and do all that stuff gets a gets a pass now. So yeah. if when VR becomes big enough, no one's gonna no one's gonna start be complaining about whether or not video games. Uh, are corrupting our kids anymore because now it's virtual reality doing it, and yeah. then something else will come along, and it'll be the scapegoat, and virtual reality will get a pass
0: what- oh well let's let's go there what do you think will be the next thing after virtual reality if, if I knew
1: what the, if I knew the answer to that question, I'd be working on it
0: instead of this I love those be
1: better right yeah I love those even <laughs> imagine what it would be but <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love those answers when i like when I'll ask someone like that a question like that and and they'll they'll say you know if i if I knew I would probably be you know somewhere in the basement working on it right now yeah, yeah. uh because yeah if, if,
1: having said that like v r is absolutely what I want to be working on this is mm-hmm. this is a dream for me I was working on it before the rift was announced, but just kind of as a hobby and I almost bought um bought one of the old sony kits that kind of were developed before before the revolution you want to say um but i i I didn't do that i set up my google alerts for the kickstarter and i I bought mine day one i was the 17th backer for the oculus rift
0: wow i applaud you sir thank you that's awesome uh five years from now 10 years from now Mm -hmm. what is the oculus rift going to look like
1: If other if phones are any indication, it'll be more powerful and smaller,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Um, I don't know if we're going to get like glasses exactly like it just fits in your sunglasses or whatever, but uh, but not because I don't think we could more because I don't know if that's the best way to absorb it, like having it block out the, the world around you is actually pretty effective for isolating your view into virtual reality. You can't you can't see the real reality, and it makes your presence more. I think that, like, uh, the glasses will be an, an AR thing, not a VR thing.
0: So the Oculus Rift of 2024 will look like a, a still, a, a head, a cell phone, or a, a head tits, uh, strapped to your head?
1: Um, no, I wouldn't say that. Like, it'll... It'll go through form factor changes it'll be smaller lighter I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the size of glasses but you're not just not going to be wearing it around like glasses mm. um, yeah I, I don't I, think we're gonna have I don't think we're going to have neural implants by then I think that I think that the people will actually be a little bit of adverse to those
0: you know I, I am ready to accept I I've been struggling with that fact that I in 10 years I probably won't see neural implants. But I I've, <laughs> I've come up I've come up with a compromise and and uh, I think this is possible. I want a second eyelid. A
1: second eyelid. Yes, and Explain.
0: I, and I want that eyelid to you know every time I I blink it all of a sudden I'm in VR and then I blink again and you know it it the, the you know how like there's animals that have like two different eyelids uh uh, the mm-hmm. sea lions—they go into the ocean and they have these two eyelids that help them see in the water. I, dude, give me a give me a second <laughs> eyelid.
1: <laughs> a VR eyelid. Yeah. Oh, there's something to that. I mean, it wouldn't be nearly as bad as a neural interface, and it's something you could you could replace fairly easily when it when it got obsolete.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, it, a, that's I think the the problem with the neural interface is like. Who wants the, the first version of that? Yes. When when there's just going to be a new one next year, like there is with everything else.
0: That's see, that, and and my solution to that would be a module. You know how there's this trend starting up with the phones where like there's this uh, project something where like they have modular phones where mm-hmm. you can use the same exact sort of you know pl- platform and then you can just arrange the parts. I mean, perhaps the neural implant of the future will be a modular system that you can just upgrade uh, every—you know—every time it, a new piece of software or hardware comes out. I don't know. I'm just pulling that out of my butt, but I just wonder, maybe.
1: <laughs> Most of it you could. It's the it's the actual fibers that go into the brain and connect to the neurons, which are the ones that you probably don't want to be replacing too often.
0: Jesse. I'm gonna be first. I'm gonna try it. <laughs> awesome!
1: I've been looking for someone who take that first role.
0: I'm, I'm yes. I, I think it's. Uh, I think someone has to. Uh, because another thing that I think about VR, you, VR. You, I, I remember when I was like one of my earliest memories being uh, when I was like either six or seven years old is watching TV. And, and it was I think it was the first time my mom had installed cable at the house. And I remember uh, the first commercial I saw, or one of the most that stuck with me the most was this commercial where uh, they were saying television, a window to the world. Like, and that stuck with me forever. Today, though, I see VR. And I'd look at VR as a window into the human mind. I think it's a mirror. Uh, and the moment we start realizing ways to, you know, project uh, the human mind onto that mirror, I think we will find a new frontier to explore, just like space, just like the oceans. I think the human brain will be explored through virtual reality in the future.
1: It certainly does have the capability of, like, once once you can fool some th- someone into forgetting where they are, which we're almost at. I mean, this. I mean, I've had a few experiences where I've forgotten for a little while. Like when I was playing couch nights, I moved my legs, my real world legs, to get out of the way of these two little avatars swinging swords around. And I, I legitimately moved my legs so I didn't get hurt. And it's like, oh, right, not really there. You know, but you just have these little moments where you forget. And once... Once you can trick the brain into forgetting for a little bit longer than that where they are, then you can really have that window to the to the to the mind like you're talking about because you can you can basically create a, a, any dream or nightmare scenario and if you can make it well enough, you can you can really suck people in and force people to deal with what's in their mind.
0: Yeah. And do you think we'll come out as better human beings or worse off in the, off of, off of that ability, off of that technology? In in a lot of ways in life,
1: I don't believe in better or worse. I just believe in different. No. Um, if 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 mankind chooses to evolve in that direction, then I guess better, right? Mm-hmm. If they don't choose to evolve in that direction, then I guess the other one's better. Um, whatever whatever. Whatever happens is going to be the thing that is best, yeah. kind of, you know, in a weird sociological kind of
0: way. Yeah, I sort of see what you're saying. In terms of, you know, the the rift being able to trick the brain, you, you figured that we being the most advanced species known to us <laughs> in the universe, yeah. um, that we would have, you know, because we have these supercomputers resting on top of our shoulders, and, and yet... It's so easy to trick the the human brain it, it, into losing itself it, you know uh, with with a, with re- Dk1 even and, and I and I'm just like I, I can't wait for DK2 to go off and show it off to people um, because I, I I honestly think like it's I don't think the majority of the population on planet Earth is quite ready for no um, for this you know
1: I when I first played the DK2 at GDC this year i I started showing people my my demos and showing them VR chat and showing them snowdrift and stuff like that, and I was ashamed of d k one. It's just like it's d k two is so much better mm-hmm. and it's like I can't believe I had to go back and use my d k one after I experienced that.
0: You know, the flip side of using DK2 is I think uh, VR developers will find it a lot – and correct me again if I'm wrong. I think VR developers will find it a lot easier to find uh, angel investment or venture capital funding uh, from the investment people who don't know a lot about technology. And they put it on and they'll be like, holy moly, where am I? Like, I I think – but could that backfire or do you think you know bad experiences will get funded versus just because of the hardware i don't
1: think so because okay. like there's a lot of people that are getting into vr now right so there's not really an excuse for an investor to try one thing and back it right away they sure. they will have the opportunities to try other things and and back what they really feel has some quality behind it
0: well, there goes my idea to pitch a shitty experience to someone. Thanks. Oh, you
1: could you could still find some you know some kind of shady investors maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know an alley or two where I can find them. <laughs> uh, so, for you, like, are are you a, a more of an optimistic type, or are you more of a uh, uh, pessimistic in terms of the course of humanity and our, our future? Like, do you even think about that sort of stuff? Absolutely, I consider myself
1: an optimistic realist. So I don't think it's as as you're going to be as good as the optimists say, and I don't think it's going to be as bad as the pessimists say. I think it's going to be, and I think in general it's going to go much the same as it has before, right? Just closer together, faster community. People will live closer together in bigger cities. People will have faster communication and you know more access to information and uh and will probably spend increasingly and, and probably will feel increasingly alone not necessarily because of vr but like you know that's just the effect of living in big cities
0: yeah is there is that even is there even a solution in your mind to to that uh problem i mean well it...
1: the so, the solution so far has been that we invent things and we learn to deal with it right mm-hmm. like like we invented the telephone, and that allowed us to keep in touch with each other when we moved far away. We, you know, invented Facebook to keep in touch with, with our old friends, and you know, and in some ways, like a like an application like VR Chat, again will will bring people closer together to kind of counter the other forces at work.
0: What do you think will be the negative forces at work in the virtual reality industry going forward?
1: Well, I think that like any um, Pastime. There will be people who get lost in it, mm. um, you know, such as they do in MMOs, and or you know, in Starcraft or League of Legends or or whatever, whatever the hobby is, right? The, there's no there's no reason to believe that we'll be exempt from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so those forces, but that's that's about it. I think that like. There's going to be some people that are obsessive and lose touch with, uh, with their real lives. Um, faster than virtual reality can make virtual reality their real lives.
0: Yeah. Follow me down uh, to uh, Main Street on Crazy Town for a sec. Uh, mm-hmm. Because this is where I, I, I think where it could all go wrong. Uh, and this is where your realist optimism will will shine a light on my uh on my uh, weird view uh, or weird <laughs> prediction. I think that world governments are going to harness this technology to control us and here's how okay let's say facebook uh, integrates a giant metaverse let in the, again parallel universe where you get, you do get your billion users where you do get. 70, 80 percent of Americans, for example, using virtual reality at some point to make it 15, make it 20 years, doesn't matter. But what's going to happen is and based on the current trends of like uh, machine learning, uh, for, you know, now, I, know, you know, Netflix, for example, Google knows what products to pitch me because of the things I click, you know. Uh, and so what what's going to happen is in this metaverse, the uh, NSA is going to see everything that I look at. It's going to uh, analyze everything that I see, everything that I speak about. It's going to find ways to decipher those words and meanings. And it's going to be able to put me in a profile and say, all right, this kid right here, this Chris Miranda, he's talking too much shit about the government. <laughs> we're gonna, we're let, Let's do this. Instead of, you know, let's shut down his, uh, his access to some internet sites. Or let's figure out. You know what I'm saying? Like, or let's right. or let's divert, divert. There you go. Divert his attention to other things. Uh, and so, in that sense, I feel like VR could be used as a tool of mass control because all of a sudden it, you wouldn't just get my information you would get the information of millions of users and you would have this macro data and you would be able to say look those 2 million people right there they're kind of unstable let's divert their direction in another in another way let's let's create an event that they will you know something that will distract them or send them in, in a different direction do you think that's possible <laughs>
1: Um I mean given where we are currently in the world that's absolutely possible. Um I I got to say that uh, I'm, I'm I'm still optimistic in the near future that like uh, maybe something will happen regarding privacy. Hmm. Um you know stuff like that. Policy change takes time, but uh, I really wouldn't mind to you know if in the near future there were network uh, internet neutrality and and a little bit more constrained observation of otherwise good people, um, but you know, in 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 realistic society, yeah, probably they'll be watching. Yeah. NSA doesn't care about your antisocial behavior or one's antisocial behavior, though. They just want to know if you want to do terrorism stuff. Yeah. Right now, right. they'll collect all the other data because you know. But they won't. They won't be. They won't probably won't act on it.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and uh, one one thing that's going to happen, and I think is probably already happening with Facebook and stuff like that, is like everyone was so concerned that like somebody might find out that they were uh, that they were immature when they were in high school or immature when they were in college, you know. But I think what's going to happen, the, the real result of all that information being out there on Facebook, is that suddenly people are going to actually be less judgmental about that stuff.
0: Yeah, at least I hope so. You know, I th- I think I think you're I, I'm 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 totally with you on the on the idea that hopefully the yes net neutrality stays along for the ride as if as long as possible. I, I'm hopeful that uh, you know it it'll only be used to protect us. But the problem with the word terrorism is you can call terrorists anyone and and that's yeah that's that's the problem you can say you you know you disagree with me you're a terrorist so that's for me, like, I think this is where democracy comes in. And, I, you know, we need to find ways to watch the watchers and keep them accountable to, you know, because we pay their their salaries. So um, but going back to the whole like Facebook thing, like, you know, dude, when I when I when I started joining Facebook, it was it was just a college thing. And it was just and it just felt so inclusive. It felt like I was in my own little world. There are so many pictures on Facebook where I'm tagged in where like. I I wish they they were not on the internet and and you know just so that it it it's already out like there's this one picture of me when I was 19 where my my taekwondo friends were wrestling me and they wrestled me to the ground and at one point they brought a a, a, a replica of a of a really expensive replica of a lightsaber and they stuck it up my butt and they took a picture. <laughs> And they put it on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and and so and 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 yeah, and like you can see the like the fur on my legs, and it was just because I was in my boxers for some reason. See, Mm -hmm. that's where I told you too much. But you you see what (laughs) I'm saying? Like, uh, it was it's it's stuff like that that it makes me uh, realize I wish we had I wish I had more hindsight going into the internet at first. Um, Yeah. And now I just don't oh, care. Now I will just say whatever I want.
1: <laughs> so I, like, I think that I think that as like the the gen like the baby boomers and stuff like that, they sure don't want any of their kids posting uh, on on Facebook anything that's too sensitive and stuff like that. And I totally respect that opinion. And I I in general try to keep my Facebook pretty clean and stuff like that. But I do think that as um as uh, the Gen Y and the millennials grow up more, um. And become a larger portion of the workforce, that you're not going to, they're not going to, an employer is not going to be able to find a candidate that doesn't have a stupid picture from college or from high school on their Facebook. And so it's going to have to stop being um, a criteria for, for job selection because everyone's going to have one.
0: Yeah. I, that's, and again, that's another thing that I'm really hoping for. I, I, I'm hoping that in the future, the metaverse will help us all realize because just how I said, the the Rift in VR can be a window into the human mind. It It's also an empathy machine because now I don't have to imagine what it'd be like to be someone else. I can just be that person and live whatever experience that person lived sort of, you know? Uh-huh. And so, uh, where was i going with, with this and so it's an empathy machine it's 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 a super powerful tool into pee gearing inside the human brain and yeah i, I just you know I'm, I'm just so excited to like be alive right now to like witness it because
1: oh, me too my, my daughter uh that she was five when i got my first rift kit and so she you know i know that she's uh, but it prolonged usage for someone her age isn't recommended or at the very least we're avoiding it now because we don't know what it might do. But she's been in the roller coaster and stuff like that and she'll never have a time in her life where she, before virtual reality, she's always going to remember it and it'll always be part of her life.
0: It's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's insane to think about. Like, that is, that makes me feel, that makes me feel a little old, but, but yeah, <laughs> that's, but that's, that's insane. And, you know, the things she'll see and the, you know, the world will, 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 will live through like this 21st century, like there is no way to predicting what is or what isn't going to happen. Um, And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's fun to. It's fun, but I'm I'm also terrified because I'm I'm just along for the ride, you know. And any moment Yellowstone can erupt, or you know, a giant <laughs> asteroid could hit Earth, or x class solar flare. You see, I spent too much time on the internet, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we
1: actually have a like most asteroids now. I think are are tracked at least the ones that are large enough to do that. Uh, that are known that are large enough to do damage. Like there was one asteroid that came close enough to pass between the earth and the moon a couple of years back. And not only did we know that it, that like, I mean, that the, the distance between the earth and the, and the moon is huge, right? Compared to the size of the earth, it's, it's gigantic one. Um, but not only did we know it was coming years in advance, we already knew it was going to have another close call in like 2036.
0: Yes. I right? heard Apophis. I heard.
1: Yes. That's the one. Yep. And so, I mean, there is some, there is some good science out there on that stuff. Uh, volcanoes still have to watch out for, um, and and some other like cosmically really uh, uh, unlikely events, like like, ah, what oh, is it? Some bursts of radiations from dying stars. If one happens to be pointed directly at us, could wipe out the, the whole solar system. Yeah. Um, There's but, nothing we can they, do about it. Yeah. Statist- statistically, that doesn't really happen on on a realistic time scale.
0: Yeah, yeah. What are the chances of that oh, it happened? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <spoke> too soon. <laughs> you know the the
0: the thing about like the asteroid thing is it's just our priorities as humanity. We should be in you know the grand scheme of our own self preservation. You know, I I think that. If, we, and i said this a lot like i i think that we yes it's cool that we have this multi-trillion dollar military machine but it'd be a lot better if we had a multi-trillion dollar space program that is you know protecting or looking out for us or just give me starship troopers already i want to be a yeah. starship trooper you know
1: i i couldn't agree more uh like they've <laughs> a a good space program would be awesome and it will become important right it's 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 easy for people to think oh that it's it's not that important right now but like one day it'll be really freaking important that we got all our ducks in a row in in space travel because you know that's a long way in the future but you know it sure would suck to have to abandon ship for some reason
0: do you think you'll be a space tourist in your lifetime? Do you think it'll the cost will become low enough for you to like get up there for a bit?
1: Um, I don't know. I might do one of those like high one of the high airplane flights that kind of breaks the atmosphere or something like that at some point in my life. Um, I don't think there's much cause for me to to sit on a like a solid rocket booster and and go up. Even even if it became affordable, if it was still rare and kind of risky, I don't think I'd there was a time when I was younger and I didn't have a wife and kids mm. that, that I totally would just, you know, throw caution to the wind. But I also think my, my skydiving days are probably over as well.
0: Yeah. After seeing this one video of a grandma slipping off her harness off of the, off of the same place I skydived two weeks before, I was like, yeah, that's, the, that's probably the end of my career, my skydiving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It- as it's rare I'm probably out but if like if, if it becomes that all international flights start to start to get out of the atmosphere in like another 20 or 30 or 50 years then and there and there's like you know a hundred flights a day then yeah of course I'd, I'd do that
0: yeah oh yeah oh that would be so cool it, uh, would. it would be amazing I you know it's just just being able to provide that perspective to like you know, just world leaders, just mm-hmm. just throw them up there and and you know do things to them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> chemically to their brain, like I, they would be amazing. It did I feel like they would come back as different people? Um, but who knows? And in terms of you know VR, do you think VR has a space in in space? Wow, do you see what I did there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Silly, <laughs> it's a good
1: one. I um, I think that I think that if I were going to like the space station or, or if i was going to go do a week long mission on the on the shuttle i would totally bring vr entertainment because there's just no room in those things yeah but what if i could what if i could take up you know a a 4 foot by 4 foot by 8 foot rectangle
0: and do whatever i felt like you know and and be in
1: a, be in a large auditorium or play a sport or whatever, you know, in such a small space, I'd totally do that.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. I, you know, my, my take would be deep space travel would become a lot easier for, the, for human psychology because, mm-hmm. yeah, you could use vr to telecommute so to speak back to earth and you could be amongst your family and friends for eight hours when you're homesick and go well back that to...
1: would be pretty latent so i think that there'd be problems with with any kind of real-time communication but um. it, but as far as like trans- transporting you out well there's two things i could see is one is like somebody could send a 3d recorded scan mm-hmm. of like some people rec- like who recorded you a message and you could feel like you were with them that would be totally awesome yes um but also, you could just escape from where you are. I mean, none of, no, no spaceship, or even airplane for that matter, is going to have all the room you want. You're always going to be crammed into a little tiny area because it's just so expensive. Um, but using VR to, to open that small area into a, a world as large as you want it to be can make any of those cramped experiences better. I can see it in submarines, yep. uh, on ships, you know. For, uh, for the Navy, uh, any, anywhere there's constrained space, I think it will have additional value.
0: So I, I watch a lot of science YouTube videos, and uh, I think that makes me a qualified expert in uh, speaking of uh, quantum computers and superposition. <laughs> do you, do <laughs> you think uh, – obviously, I'm not an expert, but uh, do you think it would be possible to – there's this one experiment where they can have two particles at one place at the same time. Or two at two places in the, the same particle at two places at the same time. Again, I messed it completely up. But like <laughs> that, that that is insane to me. That is insane to me. And to think that we're doing that now. What will that look like fifty years from now? Like, will you know? Will that evolve into a, a new medium of communication where you know we will break the laws of physics and be able to communicate faster than the speed of light?
1: Yeah. I I think entanglement for uh for communications is is pretty cool. I don't know. Man, I don't know where I fall on on its on its usability, but uh it's definitely it's definitely fascinating. I I can't wait to see what comes of it.
0: Yeah. I,
1: my my own uh, my own kind of weird kind of out there idea and it's, it's it's got no basis in science at all, <laughs> but it would be really cool if you could send Information through time. Yeah. Well, only information though, not like, not matter. And then the reason that, that uh, the only reason we've never detected a time traveler before is because we haven't built the receiver for that information. And like, as soon as you build the receiver, information just starts cu- flooding in from the future. But there's just nobody listening before.
0: <gasps> Whoa, mind blown, man. <laughs> Whoa. I awesome <laughs> oh, oh snaps i'm snapping my fingers that's a good one i so, like yeah, that yeah oh you need to put that in the doctor who episode or something yeah yeah
1: i actually I, I um i have i have a story that i i always wanted to to um to build into a screenplay or something like that which is science fiction but it's totally set in the real world and it's not science fictiony at all but it was the guy who who proposes that theory and builds the receiver. And the only message he gets is like, you must destroy your technology right now. (gasps) And then it's just him talking to like the people in his life in the, in today. I mean, there's no conspiracy and there's no big soldiers coming after him or anything like that, but it's just him kind of dealing with the fact that this is the message he got through time.
0: (sighs) That would be insane. Yeah. Yeah. But again, there's no way uh, known to man that we could, even at all try to do that right like no no, it's a science fiction story but it'd be
1: it'd be it'd
0: be be pretty cool it would be amazing it would be like (laughs) that would be so cool oh imagine what that the 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 implications the societal implications that that would do to humanity all of a sudden we have a time receiver, and we yep. can get messages. Would you would you say we can only get messages from the future or the past or, or both?
1: Well, no one in the past built anything, right? Uh, so good one. Th- there's just nothing there. And and b- before there's a receiver, there's no way there's no way to send or receive anything before that point. But once that point would come, then it'd be wide open. I mean, somebody if you built a receiver, someone could send you back the plans for a transmitter, you know. So you'd, it'd be wide open communication through time from that day
0: onward okay okay let's say let's say we in parallel universe we're able to build something like this what do you think would be the first message we would receive and 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 what do you think would be your first message you would send out
1: i think the first message we receive would be so garbled because every everyone in the future like all the anyone with the ability to transmit would try to transmit something to that point in time so i actually think that in if 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 we were to follow this thought experiment, I think it'd just be a scramble of noise and spam or Klingon. A Klingon, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And what <sighs> would you send? What would you say?
1: Oh, what a great question. Um, duck. I don't know. Uh, you know, <laughs> one of those science fiction trope things that says it's uh, uh yeah. Throw something at them and say duck.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you know your 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 story, like your your idea, sort of uh, reminds me of the, this one time when the, the uh, a couple of scientists, a couple of weird guys, were talking about how the Large Hadron 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 Collider was going to create a mini black hole that was going to destroy all of Earth by sucking all, <laughs> all of us into it, right? Because oh, that's of the,
1: the thing about black holes is they they are extremely dense <laughs> and they have no essentially no. Um, volume, so that makes their density infinite. Hmm. But they don't have infinite mass. Like, they're not the size of the sun. They still have the size restrictions of the particles that collided to make them. So although they have no volume, and technically they're a black hole, they still um, uh, weigh such a, a minuscule amount of the weight of even an atom that the gravity that they create couldn't suck up the Earth.
0: Hmm yes
1: yeah sorry to sorry to burst that bubble no but, but my understanding of that one anyway
0: <laughs> but so so so, they were, so so where I was going with that one was you know they at one point the a, a few years back the, the 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 hadron collider was was malfunctioning and these researchers put out a paper saying you know what that was that was people from the future who sent a bird out because they found out it was like a bird stuck on something. They were like, that bird is from the future. People from the future sent it out because they're trying to save humanity from creating a black hole. Oh, and, that's awesome. Yeah, and I was like, you guys uh, need to, a Nobel Prize for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: St- Stephen Hawking held a party for time travelers, actually. Really? He, yeah, he, uh, he um, sent out a bunch of invitations and just said, a, you know, a party for time travelers at this... Uh, time and address and stuff like that just to see you know like if anyone would show up
0: <laughs> it's worth a shot i mean if you you yeah, don't exactly. you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take i guess
1: yep. <laughs> especially when i'm talking like you know a time traveler might actually be aware of his work and and you know care
0: I agree. They would take him seriously. Like if I tried to start a, uh, I'm gonna go on SF, like a, on Meetup.com and start a time traveler meetup. If, uh, yeah, no one would come. No one, or only crazy homeless people from San Francisco would swing by and be like, "Hey, I'm a time traveler. You got a dollar?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Weird, bizarro land uh, thought experiment. If VR becomes the Matrix. Um, like in i'm talking about like dystopian we are plugged in we are uh away you know, we are plugged away from our humanity do you see in and, and again based on what you told me about your your whether something is better or not do you think that's going to be a a good thing for humanity and would you look back and be like man i made that happen <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it all it all anything really comes down to is are people more likely to be happy in a given moment or less likely to be happy in a given moment. Right. Mm. Right now. I think that, I think that one could be happy in that environment provided, provided they were making real human contact. Right. And provided that they were, that were, they were (sighs) deeply involved in the simulation. Mm -hmm. Um, like there's a few things that make all of us happy. Um, uh, getting something done um, uh, socializing and exercising right mm-hmm. so that one would be harder but like if if we're given the opportunity to do these things then then it can be just fine and if 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 there's some kind of layered meta game that makes it us more happy in that environment um, and we're still making good human connections and stuff like that then um, then yeah, I think that'd be that'd be fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with it based on based on the kind of shock reaction that oh, it's not real.
0: Mhm. Oh, so if if simulation theory was correct, you wouldn't have any problem accepting the fact that you and I live in a world created by something else that we have no idea what it is.
1: You mean, do you mean if I – would I have a problem with that if I discovered it was true today? mm mm-hmm. um, It would shock my reality a little bit. It would, it would probably – it might from – a, from a strictly psychological point of view, it might cause me to devalue the, my relationships with the people I know, mm. right, in a strange way. But that's more of because it's unexpected. Mm -hmm. and and there's a great deal of uncertainty there could be a great deal of uncertainty of what the kind of ramifications of that are um but would i try to break out that's a good question Mm -hmm. i sure wouldn't mind knowing what the real world was like i suppose
0: yeah it'd be it'd be it'd be weird I mean, and yeah. thanks, and thanks a lot for coming along on this weird thought experiment of questions. <laughs> like you, you've answered them very I've genuinely. i been listening to your podcast for a while, so I knew what I was getting into. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for no problem. <laughs> so, and yeah, you are you're you're just a total soldier hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that'd be insane. Just the thought that all of a sudden none of this none of this is real, and then all of a sudden you try to think like what what's on the other side. Yeah, it kind of reminds me right. of like the Truman Show with that Jim Carrey movie. I don't know if you remember that one. Yep. yep. But yeah, like uh, that would be that uh, that'd be strange. And then I guess I just go go on about my day because there's uh, at the end of the day I don't know if there's anything we could do if we found that out like today.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know either. I think I think that. I would definitely start peeling at layers. I don't know if I'd ever, what I'd ever figure out, but I would, I would definitely begin to test the simulation, but mainly because it was a surprise. Like, Truman rebels from his simulation Mm -hmm. because he's the only one, right? Everyone else knew it was false. So that, that devalues all of his relationships. And in the Matrix, I mean, if you suddenly found out that the r- world wasn't real, you might have a lot of questions. Like, is this person that I just met an AI or another person, or is it, you know, some it's some just NPC in in the metaverse? Um, and so you'd have all those questions, and that would make you question stuff. But if you logged in intentionally and you knew that everyone else in the simulation was a human, I think you could deal just fine if it was a, a perfect
0: simulation yeah that'd be yeah i think i think you could i think it's i mean as long as i feel like as long as you have a choice I, I, of whether you want to be inside the simulation or not i think that's that. i feel like the most pivotal thing yeah it, it but in terms of like because the metaverse i believe won't just Live inside the the machine world, you know, in, as we know it, like the computer world. I I think the metaverse will expand and permeate into becoming augmented reality, and so I I mean at what at what point does I mean would that even become an issue because once augmented reality everybody just wears sunglasses and all we see is augmented reality all around us, um do you is that a do you think that's an issue of, of freedom of choice there like because all of a sudden because my so-and-so uh partner here to the right of me he has augmented reality he can see information you know that i would otherwise miss would that put him in an, in, in a disadvantage would that put him in an advantage and me in a disadvantage you see what i'm saying like and then is that a fair world to live in if i choose not to be a part of it
1: there's lots of things like that, though. Already, like I drink coffee, hmm. and, and sometimes that gives me an advantage over someone who doesn't, right? Late at night, in particular, it does. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I think that there will be an element of unfairness, but I still think that people will be will try to evaluate each other based on their well. Let me ask you this, actually: hmm. Does somebody with a smartphone, I mean, would that would that affect your decision to date them, for example, whether or not somebody had a smartphone, and and in what way would it affect that decision?
0: Man, you are asking the wrong man for that because yeah, okay. I will discriminate based on your your neighborhood, uh, your uh, like like how loud your mom speaks, like you know, so <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh,
1: See, I, I would wonder about someone who didn't have a smartphone today, but I don't think that it'd give them a competitive
0: advantage hmm.
1: in in like a, in in the mechanics of it. Yeah. Right. I guess it would help them make a good reservation. It would help them find my place for the first time without having to ask for complicated directions. Um, but are any of those things really an advantage?
0: That's an interesting uh, question probably
1: th- not yeah like the, the guy who's walking around with ar and his glasses all day long probably knows how much everything around him costs mm-hmm. but is that really an advantage
0: hmm yeah i don't maybe in a i don't know yeah in a game show sort of scenario <laughs> but
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, the game show and some like of that and again finding directions or you know i something do like
0: that uh, i do finding
1: movie show times
0: that could yeah yeah, I, yeah the I mean the possibilities are, are are endless and people will become billionaires out of creating you know these amazing things that are just I, I feel like at our are at our doorstep but going sort of answering your question I think you know weighing the pros and cons of dating someone with a smartphone versus someone who wouldn't I think the person with a smartphone would be a lot easier to access. Like, hey, let's go out on Friday, and you know, let's let's do it. You, know, you just put put that together. But the person without the smartphone, you know, I would would say it, they would have a potential to have more meaningful conversations.
1: Actually, you got me there. You're absolutely right. A smartphone is a huge advantage yeah. in dating, just because you can text somebody and get back to them quickly. Yeah, that's I. I mean, I guess you don't need a smart smartphone for texting alone, but True. but having that kind of communication is actually a huge advantage. If you had to wait for them to be at work or be at home to get your messages, that would slow down the whole process enough to to the point that more of them would fail.
0: Yeah, you know right? I. Do. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was just saying. Yeah, you got me. That's, that's <laughs> absolutely an advantage.
0: Yeah, we. Yeah, I, I. I take for granted this this thing called you know the mass communication. It's it's all all the time. It's mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, if 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 you are slowing me down from procreating, I'm going to find someone else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, that's that's. Thanks, thank you for throwing me that question. I don't usually get thrown questions at me. <laughs> 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 for sure what about uh, stick with me I we're almost there uh what about um using uh, virtual reality uh, to educate children from uh, kindergarten all the way through adult life uh, is that you know and and talking about like what do you think are, will be the impacts on their psychology of having something so long-term what do you think will be you know the benefits of having this technology as an education tool is it going to be better is it going to be more efficient cheaper than our old paradigms what are your opinions on that
1: some things that will absolutely be better with um for example like like being able to be in a space and look around it and maybe it's a maybe it's a normal diorama of the Colosseum in Rome, you know, or, or maybe it's a, it's a diorama with people posed in it. Like it's a a legendary scene, or maybe it's the whole thing playing out in front of you. I think it would be more effective than the kind of DVDs and, and stuff like that, that they put on the televisions in classrooms on occasion. Now, I still think there's something to be said for human, for being taught by a human who can look you in the eyes and see what you're thinking. Hmm. Um, but definitely uh the 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 educational benefits for for either someone who can't reach that type of education or like a personal education or for an occasional field trip um is awesome the the only downside of that is that, that you know people students won't enjoy it they'll 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 think of it like they think of the movies they watch in class mm. right it's a the uh, watching a movie in class doesn't mean they they dislike all movies but uh, when the, when the teacher brings out the old vr kit it's going to be like ah where to this time you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could it like, could very well go that way for sure <laughs> Yeah.
1: But I mean for the for the time being it'll be a novelty and and like I say I mean your your spatial memory will kick in and it it'll, it'll help you remember things that you see in virtual reality. Yeah. More vividly.
0: That's for sure. I mean that's that's another thing that is weird about VR is the fact that when I remember something that happened in VR that occurred in VR it's it, I I remember that in in 3D if you see what I'm saying like I remember mm-hmm. filling in a space being somewhere like that's, and that's uh, weird that's weird and i don't understand it but it's com- it's what makes i think it's what makes this technology so compelling um, yeah because you know are you feeling like you know uh, this is where I, I think about like do you, are you feeling like uh, the rift being inside the rift has uh, affected or um, your 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 consciousness or your your mind like i know for example like people on on our oculus were reporting that they were having more lucid dreaming are are you at all experiencing any of that sort of stuff
1: i'm not experiencing more lucid dreaming no but i it it is it is affecting me in that kind of the poor substitutes don't don't work on me anymore Uh, right i've i've moved on from screens in a lot of ways i still watch game of thrones of course because there's there's no vr equivalent mm-hmm. but everything that's kind of has a vr equivalent i'm i'm definitely migrating from screens to that so that that's the main way i'm different
0: awesome so on that note jesse Jawdry, uh, i got that right right Yep. (laughs) You have been a a total scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. Uh, Thank you very much. I really like to thank you for your time. And how can people stay in touch? How can people support and and follow up with what you're doing these days?
1: Well, the best thing people can do is come on to VR Chat on Sundays after Bruce's stream and say hi. Uh, So it's about between 4 and 5, but we'll definitely be going at 5. So come on by Sundays at 5 and hang out with everybody. Uh, and if you have any questions or if you want to get the VR chat SDK and build rooms and avatars of your own, just drop me an email at jesse at jespionage.com.
0: You hear that, Facebook? All right, Jesse. There you go. Well, been... Thanks,
1: Chris. I had a great time.
0: Yeah, man. It was awesome. Thanks so much.
1: No problem.